Is it really surprising that the most powerful man in the world should be a figure of controversy? We, as a population on this planet, have been looking for a savior. We're talking about a alien whose very existence they are not telling us the truth. challenges our own sense of priority in the universe. Human beings have a horrible track record of Tragedy. following people of great power. Corrupts. And absolute power. Terror. Corrupts. Absolutely. Chaos. Maybe he's just a guy trying to do the right thing. No better now, don't He's out of control! The world has been so caught up with what he can do that no one has asked what he should do. No, 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 no. That's how it starts. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. I'm Stephen Colbert. And I'm Ed Gross. As you can tell, this is a special episode of the Snyder Minute podcast where we decided to take the opportunity to speak about Superman in a larger cultural context. Uh, not that we don't, I know, for like a change. Let's talk about what Superman means to human history and, and the world today. But we decided to do it differently. How did we do that, Stephen? Yeah, so we had the opportunity to talk to Ed Gross about his new book, Voices from Krypton, which is a massive as the, as the cover as the cover of the book informs us. I love this so much. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the unofficial, unauthorized oral history of Superman. Yeah, and it, it was crazy because uh, Nacelle Books asked us if we'd take a look at this, and I was like, Yeah, sure. And then a couple days later, this arrived in the mail, and it is. Probably the biggest this book in my house. It's like the book that John Wick killed a man with in John Wick 3. Uh, at first thought, there's no way Ed did all these interviews. There, it's just non, non-stop. Number of people and the amount that they said, I thought it was all compiled. But it turns out almost all of them, other than a few that are specifically noted, are from Ed. And so the idea of the book is it's just the entire history of Superman. Uh, not even in, in Ed's words, but in the words of people who were there or have a connection to it in some way or are, are associated with with Superman in, in in some way be it a writer or a or you know other people that do you know podcasts or his or the actors the filmmakers it, it's it, it truly is and just absurd it, and when they say an oral history it, it really is you could sit down and read this book from beginning to end the end being Zack Snyder Debbie Snyder Henry Cavill talking about Right. Well, it's even got some quotes from James Gunn, and that's how recent it is, that it's got a couple quotes from yeah. James Gunn and Peter Saffron of kind of what they're doing with Superman Legacy. So it's, yeah, it is it is a beginning to as current as you can be uh, voices of people who have opinions on Superman. And as we know from our podcast, a lot of people have opinions on Superman <laughs> that are... That differ greatly, and I and I think it, it it should be said there is a forward by Brandon Routh, afterward by Mark Wade. Mark Wade giving props to to the work that went into the book, but it really is the goal of the book is not to come to a conclusion or like state its own opinion. It really is just a fascinating, massive compendium of really like all of the different ways that people talk about Superman over decades. And over countless adaptations and interpretations. And when, when we spoke to Ed, you know, you'll be able to hear me say I, I was genuinely taken aback by how many opinions are expressed that 
do not disagree with each other, but are, it's almost like the meaning comes from the noise of all these different opinions mixing with each other, that there is an agreement at any point, almost on anything, except for like the one thing that everybody kind of agrees on, which is of course, you know, like the history of who Superman is. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I, I think full disclosure, it's 700 pages. So we did not read it in its entirety by any stretch, but I, I try to do a, a good uh, spot reading. And then of course, the, the reason that we're reading this at all or involved in this is because of our, our connection to, to Superman for, through our podcast is through Snyder and, and Cavill's portrayal. And so there is a whole section that has quotes from Zack Snyder, Debbie Snyder, Charles Roven, David S. Goyer, Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, Ray Fisher is in the book. So there, there is all sorts of voices from from the, the Snyder era. So I think there, there is a you know it, it accounts for maybe twenty pages out of the seven hundred pages. But I would ag- I would say it's a a fairly accurate assessment of the the approach to Superman. I mean, especially when you're getting it you know directly from the mouth of Zack Snyder. You know, and he's telling you, here's what I was doing with the character. Yeah, I think the thing that really stood out for me, too, is when you get to the modern era, there's a bunch of, you know, uh, like pundits, I guess, or commentators around, I guess, with like a group that we would look at as sort of closer to our peers or talking about the the character and specifically Snyder's adaptation. And what I really enjoyed was when they were talking about the Snyderverse, you know, as it pertains to Superman as an adaptation. There would be a strong opinion that somebody was stating about not not like what the movies got wrong, but but it was more about what an adaptation made them realize they valued or didn't value or opposed or didn't. But every time there was one of those, it was immediately followed by somebody who was, if not positive or supportive of things that related to it, there was at least someone in there saying, you know, it's fascinating to see how different opinions can be about this. So that felt a bit closer to what you and I try to do when we talk about this is if somebody screams that this is wrong and somebody screams this is right, we kind of turn to each other and say, like, this is so funny that these people are, couldn't disagree more over the exact same things they're like. Well, what's more interesting about that is not necessarily who's right and who's wrong, but why is there disagreement? That's way more interesting than answering the, the question. And so I think that that's one of the things that's most fascinating about this book. As we talked to Ed, Ed about a fair bit in the in the interview, uh, is that there 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 is this kind of polarized perspective, especially for our audience. Anyone who likes these movies and is a big fan of the way that Zack Snyder does this, there's a certain type of fan maybe that would look at something like this, and their question is going to be, "Oh, is this pro Snyder or anti Snyder?" I'm using quotation marks with my with my fingers as uh, is a great thing to do over audio, but. Uh, and if that's kind of the question that you have going into that, I would say that this is, that's not the approach you want for this book. Since it's gathering people's opinions, obviously there's going to be people in here saying Zack Snyder got it wrong, Superman doesn't kill, you know, whatever. Because that is of the multitude of voices, those are some of them that are in here. But also one of the most glowing compliments of Zack Snyder from a comic creator I've ever seen is in here in a new quote from Dan Jurgens. And then they've got uh, Darren Kirsch, who wrote the Snyderverse book, who anyone that's read that kind of knows that he's a, a very... Uh, complimentary and, and and balanced voice um of the 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 Snyder stuff. And then of course plenty of stuff from Zack Snyder himself. And like I said, you know, even Ray Fisher's in this book and he is uh fairly judicious in his who he's willing to talk to as far as the media goes. 
if you're someone who can't not approach this from a, a I refuse to read anything that includes people slandering Zack Snyder um, may not be for you. But if you're interested in like the, the history and just people's overall perspective, it couldn't be any more thorough. And also, in a way, really, really cements at the same time just how profound of an impact Snyder ha- has had on Superman even though he's only like 20 pages at the end of the book, as you kind of leaf through it, you'll find places peppered here and there where so much of the way people talk about Superman is defined by the Snyder movies. There's people that will say things where they don't name Snyder or Cavill or anything, but you know the only reason they're saying it is because of something that happened in Man of Steel or BVS that prompted them to have that opinion. And they'll be talking about Siegel and Schuster or something at a totally unrelated era. Um, or even the first, you know, paragraph of the like, well, the first section I think talks about kind of the polarized reaction to to Man of Steel, and so it, despite uh, not being entirely about Cavill and Snyder, you know, their 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 fingerprints are are very prominent in the way that people discuss these movies, and I thought that was fascinating to see. It was almost refreshing to look at a seven hundred page book and see the last, you know, thirty pages being devoted to the Snyderverse and realizing, oh, that's actually reflect. That reflects the actual truth of the history of this character. Uh, you know, even if yeah. it's like the most recent thing and the you know the thing that we talk about the most as a result of that, it is nice to see that it is a larger picture. Like when we talk about you know, when we and we refer to the montage from Batman v Superman, where where we say you know truth, justice, and the American way. What does that mean now? What what yeah. does Superman represent? This depiction that we are talking about is bringing that conversation up, but it is that conversation that this book is is absolutely tying into. If we are, you yeah. know, covering that kind of stuff based on the newest thing, we are, you know, riding the waves of the larger history and scope of of who and what right. Superman is and what he means to people, which this book is, I mean, 700 pages, like it is a, a surprisingly comprehensive <laughs> sampling. Yeah. And it, and it can read as a straight up, you know, you could read it cover to cover, but also in kind of by necessity, the way that I had to go through it, it's also just a great point of reference where you say, Oh, what, what, what does this comic creator have to say about this era? Yeah. You can open it up and it's, and it's there. It's a, it's a great kind of reference guide as well. And I think that something that was the, the people that are fans of, of like the Snyder verse, which is, you know, it's, just that term alone, the fact that it's used kind of ubiquitously in this shows the power of that it is its own thing. But the people that are really invested in it and invested in these these movies in this era, that you know, we've talked about it before, how people are worried about whether it's being erased or, or, or nullified or whether it will be restored or should it be continued or is it canon and all of those things. And it's hard to kind of back up and get this perspective of, oh no, this happened. This was a moment in time. No matter... No matter whether or not WB brings back Zack Snyder and makes Justice League 2 and 3 or whatever it is that 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 the fans want, you forget all of that and take a step back from it. And there is a decade in time, this there, there was a story being told, and there, there's a, there is a, a historical moment that if that moment is defined by its lack of completeness, or if it does get complete, it doesn't, there is, there is no erasure. There, it is it is impossible to separate Henry Cavill and Zack Snyder from this story, even if their legacy is for making the movies that the studio is too afraid to continue making. That's still a profound impact. And the way that the this book is written, it's it's impossible to ignore the the lasting impact that they had on the on the brand and on the character. And and in a book this big, it's it's impressive to say anybody is mentioned in here at all. 
Yeah, but Mark Wade, his quote is on the back of the book, and the afterward quote the definitive book on Superman, and uh, yeah. he he does not make that kind of quote lightly. So, well, do you want to get to the interview? Yeah, let's. Uh, we yeah, if we go any more, we'll start just retracing everything with everything we said there. But it was a fun chat with Ed. It's uh, I think we said I was impressed that he was able to not make a book about his opinion on Superman, yeah. but about the voices you know what what do people say about superman which you know is that's fundamental as we get into to just the way that Zack snyder approached him in batman v superman and man of steel is what are the voices saying and about what he should and shouldn't be and and i thought that that was one of the most interesting parts of the book yeah well without further ado please enjoy our interview with ed gross author of voices from krypton the unofficial unauthorized oral history of superman as we pull in a new voice to try to answer the question that plagues us. Must there be a Superman? There is an interview. When we found out there was a book called Voices from Krypton, the unofficial oral history of Superman, we realized our entire mission was now pointless. Um, <laughs> there were so many other people wanting to give their opinions as um, if there's one person that everyone has an opinion about, it seems like it is Superman. But this is an unbelievable collection of a question like, who is Superman? What is Superman? To uh, individuals, to culture, through adaptations, comics, TV, radio, movies. It seems like an impossible question or, or too big a question to um, to ever even attempt to answer. But uh but but here we are. <laughs> yeah. I know, uh, Stephen, we were talking about um, how in Batman v Superman, as, as obviously our listeners will know, and, and we spent a lot of time talking about it, the, there is, um, in a bit of meta-narrative, there's a conversation, a montage of news footage and news clips and pundits placed into Batman v Superman, now that Superman has become a world figure of people debating what Superman is, who he is supposed to be, how do we understand him? And we were delighted to find um, that for people who really enjoyed those questions being asked, there is now a a massive tome of continued conversations. Uh, Stephen, that was you that noticed that. When did it hit you when you were reading this? That's always been a thing that stood out for me in the movie itself, because obviously it's the 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 question of what is superman or what should superman be is so prevalent in the the sort of the text of of batman v superman so going through that it's it's always struck me how that kind of conversation seemed to mirror a little bit of the way people talk about him outside the movie so it was only natural that as i'm as i was going through the book and just seeing uh person after person from different you know writers or actors or, or d- movie directors uh you know podcast hosts etc all seem to have an opinion on on who this guy is and it seemed to kind of fit right into that you could almost take some of these quotes right out and stick them in there next to neil degrasse tyson saying here's what superman should be <laughs> so i thought that was that was very fitting yeah f- for you ed do you have how has the, how has compiling this the interviews the the questions the insights does does your understanding um, of Superman and what I guess what Superman means has has it changed? I mean, 
or, or were you aware of a lot of this? Were you going in with eyes open on, on just what you were taking on? Well, I mean, I, I, first of all, I've been a fan of the character since I was a kid and my kid, my, my being a kid was a long time ago. I mean, I, I was introduced to the character in 1965 when I was five. So he's sort of always been a part of my life and a passion of mine. So I've sort of, I can't say that people's views shocked me or surprised me or altered my own in many ways, but I can say that in answer to the question, must there be a Superman? Well, according to the <laughs> 250 people that are interviewed for this book, yes, yes, there must be a Superman because every single one of them, I don't, I didn't speak to anybody who was disparaging they may have been disparaging about a certain project or a certain comic story or something like that. But when it came to the character, they were all so supportive of what he stands for and just believing in the character. I don't know if that answers your question or not. If it doesn't, I'll try harder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that, no, I'm, I'll go ahead. Yeah, go. Uh, yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think that it it's the thing that struck me uh, in reading this is that, it's almost as if when invited to think about and speak about who or what Superman is, there are no casual believers, you know? Uh, the the thing that sort of struck me was, struck me in particular because of what Stephen and I talk about in our, you know, sort of analysis of um, the layers and, and messages that of one single exploration of Superman is, is how definitively um, people say who Superman is, what he is, uh, that their understanding of it seems so resolute um, and whole. And for a character that's been around for so long and has changed so much, um, I, I can't think if there would be, you know, uh, a, a parallel, maybe something like Batman where it's like, sure, his, his motifs and the sort of, there's a lot of, um, a lot of human, you know, in there, uh, that is very, you know, there's tropes at work. Um, you know, he is the dark knight, right. In the shadows, uh, fighting for good. You can wrap your, you know, it's Zorro. It's, um, there is that Superman is so singular in so many people's minds. Um, and they have such a clear picture of him. I guess uh, as a fan, you would, you would know that this is the truth for you, I guess, going into this. Well, it is. And and I think one of the things that delighted me is like, first of all, the John Williams theme delights me. I just want to put that out there right now. Okay. I hear that theme and a smile breaks across my face. He could be selling dog food and I don't care if the theme is going, I'm excited about it. Okay. Uh, but what the reason I bring that up is if you watch the beginning of Brian Singer's documentary on Superman, or there's a great video online called save me. Uh, it's a music video that a fan made, right? It's on YouTube. When you watch the montage of the theme playing and cutting to the different eras of Superman, it becomes a singular thing, despite the fact that it can be separated from 1940 to 2023. It is really amazing to watch that it's it, times may change. You know, the approach might change depending on who the filmmaker is behind it, but at its core, Superman remains Superman. And yes, he's evolved from the oppressor, you know, the fighter of oppression to the symbol of hope. And that symbol of hope, I think, has become the prominent thing 
not just since Man of Steel, but for many years uh, of what he represents. And I think that's incredible is like, you're right, because Batman does go through those changes. Most characters do James Bond, right? Different actors play him. And it's radically different from Mm -hmm. Sean Connery to Roger Moore to, you know, Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. They're really different. And yet with Superman, you can almost go from George Reeve or Kirk Allen to George Reeves to, you know, uh, well, Christopher Reeve, of course, and, the, and John Hames Newton, whoever it is. I don't have to go through the whole list. You guys know the list. Um, <laughs> but you go through it and you look at them and they're Superman. There's no question about it. And that's amazing to me. I think something that's that's really interesting about it is you've got the 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 tagline, truth, justice, and the American way is so even people who don't know Superman kind of know that, right? That's one of those things where it's it's got this place in the pop culture zeitgeist. But you talk about Superman changing over time, or 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 maybe the lack of change, and the and more of a change in the way people see him. And I think that those words are are really interesting because when when there's a, there's a debate or disagreement or or just different perspectives on what Superman is or what he should be or or any of that, I think that phrase is is almost at the center of it, where, you know, in 1940s, truth, justice, the American way might mean one thing, and today it uh, is going to be something very different to, to different people. To, <laughs> to different Americans. Yeah, to the, yeah. to the point where, you know, is the, you know, the American way may even not be uh, universally a part of his, the, the kind of mantra um, anymore. So do you think that that is more does the the uh, the depictions of superman or the perspectives on what he is or what he should be is that is that something about the character being modernized or changing with time or evolving with time or is that kind of society's effort to project um or or lay claim to him as a symbol for their own whatever they think that those you know truth means justice means and the american way or better tomorrow or whatever whatever slogan it is, um, what that means. <laughs> I mean, I'm much, I, I actually have embraced a better tomorrow. I think that's pretty good. Uh, especially given the fact that, uh, the world is pretty cynical, <laughs> pretty, pretty divided. And it would, it just feels like truth, justice and a better tomorrow is not a horrible way to go. Uh, than limiting it to the American way. Well, okay. But <laughs> there, there are a lot of people outside of America. Uh, this character just i i think just translates globally i mean it's it is i think at the core most people look at him and do see him as to go back with what i said a minute ago and i know it's become the cliche that symbol of hope you know you see the s and you just you just you're not looking at it saying like i know people enjoy going with dark superman these days but i think the vast majority of people still look at that s and recognize it for what it is which is hope, which is the light, which is the polar opposite of Batman <laughs> in a lot of ways uh, in terms of an approach. Um, so I think people uh, do identify with that. And uh, and that's global, I think. Uh, that is, that's the impression I get anyway, that it just captures people's imaginations for that reason. Yeah, on that, on that point, because that goes really well into what Stephen and I, in, in discussing the reception uh, from different people to Henry Cavill, Superman in particular, this idea of um, 
it it like like I said earlier, it it really concretizes and cements people's opinions of what Superman is almost in response to a negative, right? I know he's not that. Uh almost makes people put their put their heels in for what they might have felt a little bit lighter about. Um like where you get a lot of people, comic creators or whoever, is saying, you know, I didn't like that one that much. And it seems to kind of not really uh, enrage them <laughs> to the same degree as some fans. But the way that we're talking about um, and, that, and that conversation in the movie, and that is a character in the movie of, of people's response, when you have a character, this might be a big question, but, I, but you're the person that I would ask. When you, when you have a character who is clearly embodies inspiration and aspiration and like you said a better tomorrow something that is out of reach that is unattainable but everyone still is looking and reaching for it right a light to to lead them when when you're saying that is the figure it feels so wrong to see people say no, that has to fit my understanding. That that there's almost a, a working against the spirit of Superman in in trying to put him into a box. And and I guess the the question is when it is what's possible, um, the the undefinable, the unattainable, removing like politics, you know, even out of the equation, does Superman does he need to change with the times? Like are the times, you know, what is tomorrow if we don't have today as today changes, does that mean Superman, you know, not only can or, or should, but he like must on some level. You know, I think he changes by the nature of the filmmakers. I think he changes by the natures of the actors playing him or the guys writing the comic books. I mean, I had checked out of the comics a long time ago and then he started coming back in more re- really recently. And I'm like amazed at how good it is. I mean, it yeah. really amazes me. And and I'm thrilled because, you know, it, again, it's Superman. I mean, you know, but I do think that's where the changes come in. So that modernizes it for the current generation, whatever it may be. And the important thing is he has to stay true to who he is basically, or who he, or who he has become, basically, because obviously that symbol of hope thing wasn't always there, you know. And I do believe, though. Like I, I tell the story on a few interviews I've done already and people are going to like say, shut up with that story already, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> my uh, after a snowstorm, my son and I were driving down the street and there was an old man with a walker and he had his walker in one hand, you know, that the dual handled walker thing and a shovel in the other. And he would sh- move his walker slightly, then move the shovel to pick up a little bit of snow and repeat that as he was slowly, slowly trying to clear his street, you know, in front of his house and his driveway. So I said to my son, we're going to help him out. And my son being young at the time, was like, oh, why are we doing this? And I'm like, listen, we got to help out. I'm where, and I always wear a Superman t-shirt. So I had a Superman shirt on at the point at that moment. And we get out of the car and we ask the man if he could help us, if we could help him rather. And he says, he's very resistant. Finally he says, okay. So he's, he, we take the shovels, we're shoveling, we get another shovel. We're cleaning up his whole walkway and everything. And he's leaning against his walker. And he says to me, Thanks so much, fellas. My neighbor is sick, so I thought I would come over and shovel out his driveway. <laughs> I look at my son in the car. When we get back in the car, I point to the ass. I go, it means something. 
Mm-hmm. It's not just a comic book character who's like, ooh, flying around and <laughs> battling Darkseid. It is, it is about doing what you can to help others. And that, to me, is what Superman is. It's You may not be able to do anything, but even the littlest gesture has got to, I'm sure is appreciated. Just trying to do something to help somebody else or to be there for somebody when they need you. That, to me, has been consistent. And that, to me, is what I'm hoping James Gunn will have in Superman Legacy. Uh, you know, that sort of approach to Superman. You know, there's that great moment, right, in um, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, where Brandon Routh is the Kingdom Come Superman. And Lois asks him why he has black in the emblem. He goes, well, black is the darkness and the red is the hope rising from it. That's pretty damn good, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. And that captures the essence of Superman. Well, that's something that's interesting, too, about the and obviously it's, you know, when we're talking about like the Cavill version or Snyder's influence, everyone's got got different opinions on that. But something that I I thought that it kind of hit on that's a, a polarizing topic, but the nature of the word hope that kind of implies like that, like if like if, it, if it's rough. a sunny day, yeah. you don't go outside and say, oh, I have hope that it's going to be a good day because it already is, right? It kind of implies that there's got to be something something that you're hoping will, will uh, there's got to be clouds if you want to, in order for you to hope for sun in the first place. Not if you have inherent so, hope, though. Not if hope is an inherent part of you and what you project to people. You don't have to say, oh, I need something to get, you know, I need hope to, I need something to make me project that hope. You just have it. And it's, when it's ne- needed, it's there. Does that make sense? No, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. But I think that it's it's interesting how um, almost the um, it's funny because this is actually from not even from a Superman movie. It, it was I think they said it in in maybe I'm wrong. No, I think it was in the Suicide Squad movie, David Ayer's one, where they um, oh the world yeah um, uh, Amanda Waller. I, I'm double checking on my yeah I think it was Amanda Waller said the world changed when Superman flew across the sky. And then it changed again when he didn't. Um, and I think that's really interesting to that there is a it's a really fascinating the nature of hope that that it, it's something that um, when it exists and when it when it's there it brings this 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 light uh, a brightness to uh, to a situation, but you you almost don't recognize that it's gone. Or that it's necessary until it's until it's not there. If that if that like, sure. like the old man in the walker, yeah. for example, is such a bright spot of like it. That situation wouldn't like if you hadn't driven by at all, that would have looked entirely different than if you uh, or if you hadn't stopped at all versus versus stopping. It injects that might not have even seemed like a like a situation where he where he needed help. Right, he was the bringing light into someone yeah. else's life. Right. Um, but then 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 the contrast of you you adding another layer of kind of paying it forward um, creates a, a, a broader con, um, contrast. And it does. And it's something that, believe it or not, is like I say, it's a little gesture, right, that we made, my son and I, to this guy. But my son remembers it, and he talks about it, 
And he, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He mentions it every now and then. And to me, that made an impression. And that's what it's all about. You, you know, you say pay it flow, pay, pay it forward, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that sort of thing. It's like hopefully some, you know, now he just, that's, that son of my three sons, you know, he just got, you know, had become a father when making me a grandfather. And, and I'm hoping that that sort of thing is the kind of thing he'll hand on to her. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I may have gone off the tracks there. Sorry. Well, I'm not sure where <laughs> no, you're on no, the track. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think what, what you're kind of speaking to is who Superman is, is certainly how you met him, you know? And, and uh, while he can change the version that you fell in love with or, or someone falls in love with is kind of maybe etched in deepest. So there's a part of me that, that feels like, we 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 couldn't agree on the specifics like you're saying we we you would have to only agree on who he has become but i think what's most appealing uh to me kind of in in what the character reveals like any good art uh you know he holds a mirror up um that you you often see that comic book creators saying it's funny to see people get mad when superman is now fighting them in the comics uh, to treat that as kind of a wake up call of, Oh man, uh, I'm not Superman, but can I be closer than I am? You know, kind of that aspiration of uh, Superman is making the decisions that we ought to make. You know, I, I guess Steven and I always talk about how Superman always um, does the right thing almost to, to somebody trying to do the right thing is like a fantasy of like, how does he know though? You know? Um, so I guess in, in light of that, do you see with those kind of questions and people really looking to Superman as kind of an icon or a symbol of what they should be more like the idea of making Superman relatable um, to a regular person is kind of divisive, I guess in, in some people, think that he shouldn't be like us, like a, like a person. He shouldn't have to deal with our problems Um, where someone might say that is the most explicit instruction he could give to me on what I should do. What kind of dad should I be? You know, um, can you make Superman a dad so that, (laughs) so I have a really good role model to follow in, in what to do. And, and in the comics, that's, they check that box as well. Um, Where, where do you land on that idea? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I don't think he should be apart from us. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think the fact that he wrestles with things that we wrestle with, he just is able to come at it with from a considerably stronger uh, uh, approach. Uh, but I think I don't want to see him separate from us or be like, I did like in, in Zack Snyder and Henry Cavill's approach, uh, the notion that he's struggling to fit in, to be one of us, basically. And finding his place in the world. And he ultimately does. And ironically, he finds his place in the world, right? Once he dons the costume and realizes who and what he is. And that's where it is. But that's where he becomes. I'm much more interested in that. I mean, and then I then like, I'm not crazy about in Batman v Superman where there's a flood and people are on their roof and they're reaching out to him. And he's just floating there like, what's up? Like, it's like, dude. You should have like rescued them, sealed up the the flood, and uh, 
<laughs> you know, and uh, and saved everybody else in the community instead of just hovering above them as they reach up to you. I don't understand that. That's where it's separating him from us. That's where they're making him a godlike figure rather than the mensch who gets the cat out of the tree and <laughs> hands it to the little girl in Superman the movie, right? Yeah. The guy who will stop and do these little things. Um, it, it's, I think the more, the more quote unquote human he is, the better off the character is and the better across because that humanity is what has been instilled in him by Jonathan and Martha Kent. And that is, you know, according to the mythology, that is what he carries with him. That's why I don't, I'm not crazy about what should I have done? Dad, let them die. I don't know. Maybe no, 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 (laughs) you should not have let them die. Uh, Those are the kinds of issues I have with sort of the more modern approach though, where it's, you need the installation, the installation of, of those morals of knowing, you know, I, I, Mark Wade said it to me in one of our interviews, and I'm sure he said it in many interviews, you know, here's the most powerful man in the world. The guy who has the literally has the power to do anything he chooses to do. And he chooses to do what's right. That's human. And that's the ultimate <laughs> to me symbol of humanity. Is is just being able to not have being having the power to do anything you want, but not worried about making yourself better. It's making the world better, people better, helping them, helping their lives. Like Jeff Loeb said once that you know if Superman has any angst at all, it's that he can't do more. So anyway, and again, I'll, I'll repeat what I always say. I probably won't have the there. <laughs> no, I think I think that makes sense. I think that 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 fits into sort of what you were saying from the the kind of the the um that must there be a superman montage is always interesting because it 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 expands and it's something that brings in from from um from man of steel it expands into it's not just that you have these talking heads and these people in the world that have an opinion on what is superman or what should superman be but you've also um and it's not you know you have this in in multiple other iterations of Superman, but uh, David Goyer's screenplay for man of steel really brings in this uh, leans on the idea of the, the two fathers and how you've got uh, you've got Jor-El on one hand saying uh, you'll be a, you'll be a, a symbol of hope and they'll join you in the sun and, and, and you will be, you know, this, this, uh, this bright spot to, to elevate who they are. But then you've got a, another father saying something, giving giving Terrifying. different advice, yeah. saying, "I'm scared of what will happen if you um, if you you become this and what they'll do to you, or, or how how it will change things." And 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 um, obviously, you know, there's all sorts of different interpretations of this character, but it is interesting to, in the same way that that you've got uh, different voices, then saying, you know, what what he is or what what he should be in the in the real world as well. No, absolutely. And the thing that fascinates me about Jorel's message to him that you can lead them, they only need the light, whether we're talking about Marlon Brando Jorel or Russell Crowe Jorel, right? <laughs> it's you can be the light that leads them. This is a man who's on the verge of losing his entire planet. He's sending his son into space. He and his wife are about to die. And his message is you can help these people, you can be a symbol of hope. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the uh, the other side of it. Stephen and I have spoken about now. We're we're both fathers and looking at that and and saying, 
um, there would be, uh, there are a lot of different facets of, of parenting in those movies, whether it's, you know, Martha saying, be, be their savior or be none of it. I, I want, I still want you to be able to choose. Um, I, I want, I want your life to be your own. Um, and Jorel saying, you know, no, your life is very much, you are destined uh, to, to lead these people. That is your destiny. And you have Jonathan Kent sitting there just saying, I am absolutely terrified of, of, um, because it's going to be people who oppose you. Um, and it's people that I'm afraid of, not, um, you know, the, the <laughs> Lex Luthor, there's a reason why his biggest enemy is, is a person who's made it to the top. Right. Um, who also that, has an opinion uh, on what he should be, right? Lex, Lex yeah. doesn't like him because he doesn't fit his ideal of, of what a, uh, uh, a powerful person should be or how, how power should be wielded. Yeah. That felt like the most powerful comment in, and it's, you know, what, what sort of concludes that montage of opinions in Batman v Superman is a person says we're making him this either good or uh, or threat savior or threat maybe he's just a guy who's trying to do the right thing yep and the the commentary there um it felt like in in our world today if you are ju- if you set out to just try to do the right thing there are people who will likely demonize for you if you're successful enough at it and they don't like it um, and that is a very, it, it is, it's neat to, to see that Superman is still after so many decades, um, you know, it is the, Im- the immigrant story. Um, you know, it isn't Im- the threat facing immigrants in a new country, uh, or orphans are not, you know, big green aliens with claws. Um, it's, it's the sort of, uh, embedded worst parts of people that, that, um, you would hope Superman would, I guess that's the biggest thing is Superman. He's not going to beat the troubles. He's just going to build us up and hype us up to solve them ourselves. If we just cracked our entire podcast here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but isn't that the purpose? Shouldn't that be the purpose? I mean, you know, uh, Elliot Magan started really asking that question in the seventies in the comics, you know, with the, must there be a Superman or why must there be a Superman uh, in which, you know, at the time, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy were chastising him because he was causing humanity to depend too much on him. Yeah. So the notion of, again, going back to Jarrell, right? Be the light that leads them. Don't, you know, be the fixer of everything, but show them the way. And use the power you have to lead them to a better tomorrow. I think that's really interesting. I think that's really pretty cool actually because the idea of this guy being a god who just solves all our problems now nah, who wants that that's boring i mean seriously it's like uh, i mean it'd be kind of cool in one way i guess i want this boom it's done oh wow look at that uh but uh but i do like the idea of being led uh, of pointing in the right direction and and us following that way and then making our own decisions as we go along mm. well that's a that, yeah no i'm just that's a we don't want to take up too much of your time, but that just seems like the the most perfect way to end. 
I could stay on for three days if you want. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you? I'll ask that probably as the closing question. It might be cliche. Now it's my, now it's my turn. You've probably gotten this a lot. <laughs> Was there anything about your understanding or perception of Superman that did change, even having been a fan for so long after hearing so many um, like remarkable people talk about this character over you know the span of decades and and countless ad- adaptations? You know, I don't, I don't really think it changed because I was pretty, you know, like I say, I started as a kid, as a fan with the adventures of Superman and the comic books and went on from there. And then in the eighties, I became an entertainment journalist and I made a point of covering every version of Superman that I could, <laughs> uh, right away. I mean, I think the first Superman interview I did was Lee Sholem, who directed Superman in the moment. Uh, you know, so I, so I have been pretty much like for the last 40 years or so, talking to people about Superman. So no, getting a good sense of, of the character, his place in the world and how people perceived him through the eyes of these other people. The, the great thing for me in the writing of this book, you know, and doing all those interviews and especially because it's an oral history, which really presents an opportunity for people. You, you really see what the person is speaking rather than being like their views being locked in a sea of text. Everything is broken out. Every quote is broken out. Right. Uh, as, as part of the oral history. But in speaking to them, the biggest takeaway for me was that, and I, and I may have alluded to this earlier, you know, they may like one version better than another version. They may feel this actor is better than that actor or an approach or whatever. But universally, I was shocked at how much love these people had for the character and how much they had to say about him. There was not one interview where I felt like somebody was struggling to come up with opinions or thoughts and, 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 and yeah. you know, and nobody was in a rush to get off. They were willing to take as much time as possible. And they all just seemed to enjoy talking about this character and what it represented to them. And that's whether they're comic book writers, if they're filmmakers, actors, or, or pop culture historians or podcasters or whoever it may be. Just an amazing feeling of the universal love that people have for this character despite all the cliched stuff of oh he's boring he's hard to write he's not that interesting he's the big boy scout whatever it is you can strip all that away because at its core there are a lot of people that love superman and what he represents and that was my big discovery in writing this book awesome well the book the book is the voices excuse me the book is voices from krypton the complete unauthorized oral history of Superman and you will understand complete when you get a look at the book. <laughs> uh, so uh, we, we are thankful. We'll, we'll join countless people in saying thank you for doing the work, Ed. And uh, thank you so much for, for adding your own voice along with ours into this insane oral history that has never ended. And let's be honest, probably never will. You're, you're you're right and that was my feeling in writing it the publisher kept saying i've got to have the manuscript i know but there's more to write i have to add more <laughs> so the next phase begins in 2025 sure I guess. one of these days will someone will say finally uh i'm saying this ironically obviously so someone will finally definitively define what superman is and means and then we can just stop talking about it right yeah, or, right. uh, <laughs> may that day never no, come. Yeah, sir. no. Or, or yeah. more likely, we'll just continue talking about what he is, what he means, what he should mean in, into uh, into perpetuity. So I think that's why we love the answer to the end of that montage in Batman v Superman, 
where maybe maybe it's clear that yes, there should be a Superman, but also maybe the most definitive thing you can say about him is there is. Yeah, I'll follow that up by by saying the other overwhelming message from Batman v Superman, which is call your mother. <laughs> yes, that's a very good point. <laughs> I completely understand when you say that nobody had no opinion. I had I had new opinions forming just reading. <laughs> that's great. That's oh. great. I just hope people. You know, I'm sure I'm going to get those complaints of. You know, well, you didn't cover this and you didn't oh, yeah, yeah. that. You know, I'm going to get that. But you know what? The book is 720 pages long. <laughs> it's in there. 330,000 words. You can't cover everything in 85, <laughs> of 85 years. <laughs> General Swanwick, sir. I'm on with the control tower. Colonel Hardy's on his way in and he's got Superman in tow. Superman? The alien, sir. That, that's what they're calling him.